the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we close out the week here on Way of Grace, we're back in John 14, verses 20 through 31, looking again at the steadfastness in trusting Christ in everything. Join us. Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stan. That's next. We are called to a steadfastness in trusting Christ and retaining everything about that trust, no matter the certainty or uncertainty of what we face. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand as we again return to John 14, verses 20 through 31. As mentioned, it's our series called Arise, Move, and Go. Today, we're looking at the alertness and obedience we're to have in Christ. With more, here's Pastor Jesse and this Friday broadcast of Way of Grace. These are the only two things I want you to think about. Be sensitive in the year 2023 when you're lying to, about, lying to God about not hearing him. Because you do know, child of God, you know that God talks to you and me in many different ways. Am I telling the truth? Doesn't he own this world? Right. You cut the radio and I swear God's talking to you. He'll be talking to you through that heathen. The heathen will quote a Bible verse. Now, you know, his mouth is bad. His head is wrong. And then all of a sudden he quote a Bible verse and you know, the Lord's talking to you. See, if he can talk to asses, talk through asses and snakes, he can talk through anybody. There ain't nowhere you can go where you can hide from God. When he has put his stamp on you and sent the Holy Ghost, he's going to move heaven and hell to help you learn how to arise, move, and go. That's where we are today. Let's go to point number three as we begin to close it down. Not only are we called to arise, move, and go, knowing that it's the Spirit's purpose to move you, and I really want you to capture, capture that point number two, the primary act of movement is in order to follow him. We're not, okay, so when I talk about this idea of arise, move, and go, eradicate in your mind any compunction or drive to think that God is calling you to be like a chicken running around with your head cut off. Do you get that? Because we got a lot of that in religion. I think the Lord is calling me to Timbuktu. No, he probably not. You know, I think the Lord is calling me to be the president of the United States. No, I don't think so. You know, the Lord is calling me to do this and do that. No, no, I, I don't think the Lord is calling you to do that. I think the Lord is calling you to do good, love mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord your God. I think that's what he's calling you to do. Point number three, he's calling us to steadfastness in trusting him. You guys see that? 
Now, this one is going to move us into our text and, and, and close it down insofar as the pragmatics are concerned. Because in uh, John chapter 14, you and I know that Jesus is about to walk these boys into what I'm going to call the fog of war. He's about to walk them into the fog of war. Sub point A, we frequently are called into the what? Right. So some of us have come out of a fog war that just happened recently over the last two and a half years. The war is not over. But the fog has dissipated for a number of us because we walked through the fog holding his hand. A lot of Christians didn't. Okay, let me teach you right now because the fog is coming again. As is the case by nature and as is the case by war. We have technology in our country to create false fog to cover areas and territory so that satellites can't see what we're doing. The enemy creates fog as well. Are y'all hearing me? And we create our own fog. And we talked about this in one of our ladies meetings several years ago. And men know this fog. I talked about this three years ago in one of our uh, resurrection messages when I told you the disciples were in a fog. Do you guys remember that? Jesus led them right into the fog. There's some fundamental principles I want to show you because you and I would like to do one or two things when it comes to the fog. Are you ready? Pretend it's not there. I do not have a lot of time for people who don't want to face reality. It bothers me when they hide behind religion not to face reality. It just bothers me to no, to no end. Jesus didn't say you, you, you're going you're gonna to have a wonderful life in this world and live in a paradisial state constantly. He said in the world, you're going to have tribulation. So why are we always trying to set aside tribulation for somebody else? And I just want to walk in the blessings of a noonday clarity, a meridian noonday clarity. Sun never goes down. It never gets cold. That's a false world. Because in a 24-hour cycle, we go through all kind of things. Rainy in the morning, sunny at noon, cool at three, dark in the evening, real cold at nine or 10 o'clock at night. And that cycle happens over and over to condition us to deal with all of these various patterns in our life. Am I making some sense? And in each one of them, you have to arise, move and go. You have to adjust. You have to adjust or you're some kind of fool that doesn't understand reality. And the gospel has never called you and me to actually deny reality, but to handle it with the supernatural uh, uh, prism of what I'm about to talk about now. So we are frequently called into the fall. This is what David said in Psalm 23, 4, right? Yea, though I walk through the yeah, just so just we're going that way. We got a shepherd. He's leading us into those valleys. We've been there over the last couple of years. Raise your hand if you've been in the valley. I've been in the valley so long over the last two and a half years that I didn't figure out all the nooks and crannies. Right? I didn't figure out all the nooks and crannies. I didn't got maladjusted to the valley. Right? You know what I'm saying? There's spots in the valley where I can hide under a shrub and I just won't stay there and go to sleep. Y'all go head on. Y'all go head on. Just leave me over here in the corner in the shrub. Right? But it's dangerous in the valley. 
because of all of the predatorial elements that God is calling you and I to be careful about because they get us. So the idea of being in the fog is not something that we're alien to. And I'm going to, again, lay that out in different ways, because as we deal with the examples, like I said, from Genesis to Revelation, I'm going to be dealing with Eve in the area of theological fog. I'm going to be dealing with Cain in the area of psychological fog. Eve's theological because her adversary was external. Cain's is psychological because his adversary was internal. I'm going to be dealing with the sociological fog of the culture in which Noah lived in and how he had to actually be counterintuitive and counterproductive in order to cause the fog not to settle in on him. He lived in a very bad world and he had to learn how to actually create a countercultural mission. God taught him to be countercultural in a wicked world so that men and women can know that God is sovereign and his gospel still reigns supreme. Even in a culture where the imagination of the hearts of men were only evil continually. Did you hear what I just stated? So the wicked would have you to collapse and hide under a tree. And even some of the saints will mess up and say, get in the ark and stay there until God calls you out. Somebody heard something like that two years ago. Well, the Lord told us to go get in the ark. That means stay at home. Did you get that? And he ain't called us out of the ark yet. Well, a lot of us, he didn't even tell us to go into the ark. That was Fauci that told you to go into the ark. No, he told me to keep building the ark. See, the new Adam family is called to keep building the ark. See, because as we continue to build the ark, we can make more room for folks to come in when the storm really comes from God. That's what I'm going to unpack. I'm going to show you how Noah knew how to live in a generation that was universally filled with fog and warfare and chaos and still arise every day, move and go and be missional for his God so that his testimony showed up everywhere. Him and his wife and his kids were walking in the clarity of God's will while everybody else was in the fog. Am I making some sense? And I can go on and on and on about this principle that I'm laying down before you, but my time is up. Four sub points. When he says here, be be steadfast in your trust in him, and we're frequently called into the fog, we must retain our night vision. We must retain our night vision. Children of God are not vulnerable to darkness. And that's because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. The lens and prism by which we look at this world is not affected by the darkness of this world. If man can make technology with infrared and infrared blue light, can't God do him uh, 10 times better than that? God can cause the people of God to see in the darkness, see through the darkness, pierce through the darkness and stand in the darkness because with God, light and darkness are the same thing. If God has you by his right hand, he is the light that gets you through the darkness. I'm showing you again, national Israel. 
He was a cloudy pillar by day and a fire by night. And they knew God was present with them because of those two signs. And you and I should know the same thing. We should have the same confidence that we are walking by faith and faith gives us a vision and clarity that most people don't have. There it is, 2 Corinthians 4.18. For people that don't read their Bible, listen to it again. I'm almost done. Listen to it. While we look not at the things which are what? But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. It's so extremely important for you to have a night vision goggle made by God Almighty to see through the darkness. So extremely important. Listen to how the Hebrew writer puts it, Hebrews chapter eleven twenty-seven. Listen to how he puts it. Here it is. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the what? Now, see, if he really had feared the king, he'd have stayed put, wouldn't he? But remember what Moses did? He heard the call and he arose, he moved, and he what? He went because there was something in his soul that was telling him he wasn't an Egyptian. And therefore, he was not under the authority of the king. He was under the authority of Jehovah. And Jehovah was calling him out of Egypt so that he can nurture and build Moses in preparation for Moses to bring the children of Israel out. And notice what the text says. For by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. There it is. As seen him who is invisible. Now, if you ever see God, you are seeing the second person. If you ever see God, you are seeing the Lord Jesus coming in the volume of the book. As the angel of the Lord, as the Malach of God, as Yahweh in the flesh, the incarnate glory of the invisible God. If you ever see him, you see Jesus. See, again, chapter 14 taught them that. That's chapter 14. Remember, they said, show us the father. Have I been so long with you? And don't you understand? And this is what we meant back over in verse uh, uh, 20 when Jesus promised, listen, in a minute, you're going to know that I'm in the father. And the father's in me. And I'm in you and you're in me. The intimacy of the union between the people of God and God is the promise here that Jesus is talking about. How confident will you be in life when you have a daily affirmation of all three persons have taken their residence in your soul in such a way that the composite of the triune God is that there is a will of the Father, a love of the Son, a power of the Spirit of God operating to bring you into that same replication all because of him who went before you, Jesus the Christ, the forerunner who has entered into heaven for us. Is that who he is? Is Jesus telling these 11 men to do something that he wouldn't do? No, Jesus has gone before them and he wants them to follow him so that they can see that he loves the father. 
How, pastor? By laying down his life for the sheep. Before the whole world, the son of the living God now would lay down his life on the cross to pay for our sins. Before the whole world, the son of God would show his love to the father by lying in the grave for three days. The love of the father revealed in the son would be seen by him being raised from the dead by the Holy Ghost. His resurrection from the dead will affirm our justification that all of our sins have been forgiven because he loved the father. That's why he said back in John 14, if you love me, you would rejoice because I'm saying I'm going to my daddy. He would never get to his daddy. If he wasn't the holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, lamb of the living God who knew no sin, did no sin, in him was no sin at all. So that the grave could not hold the son of the living God who loved the father and gave himself for us. So that when he rose, we rose out of the grave with him. And we stand in that very righteousness of God in Christ by which the world can do whatever it wants to us. The Holy Ghost has vouchsafed us to take us through that same witness to let the world know I'm a son of the living God. And I love the father because the father loves me. And I love the father because the son loves me. And I love the Father because the Holy Ghost is shaping me into the Son of the living God. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Go back to the verse. I just want to show you one more thing and close. I hinted at it. I just want to close with it. Verse 14, John, verse 30. Start at verse 30. This is amazing. Jesus says, fellas, listen. Hereafter, I will not talk with you much. Y'all got that? That's a bad deal for you and me. It's a bad deal. You need Jesus to talk to you as much as you can possibly stand it. Am I making some sense? Give me a few minutes, a few more minutes. Because if Jesus is not talking to you, it's the devil or some emissary of the devil. Am I making some sense? If God doesn't talk to us, we ought not to want to hear nobody. What does the world have to say to us? We shouldn't want to actually hear ourselves. If ourself is not subdued by the triune living God who has occupied our hearts and filled our hearts with the word of the living God so that all we're doing is sharing with God what God has said to us. Am I making some sense? Jesus said, hereafter, I will not talk with you much. And he wasn't just talking about what would happen here with him going to the cross. That would be certainly true. But over the last 2000 years, Jesus ain't been talking with us much. I know you meet some people that swear they talk to Jesus all day, every day. It's not true. Well, no, it might be true that they talking to Jesus. All day, every day. But Jesus is not talking to you all day, every day. Jesus has already talked to you. Do you hear what I just stated? He's already spoken. 
And he has given us a total revelation that is sufficient for us to remember the word unto your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in all my affliction because your word, your word is unchangeable, ever settled in heaven and is able to make me wise under salvation. God's already talked. The devil is doing a lot of talking. And a whole lot of people are listening to him. And Jesus said, if you're mine, pay him no attention. Just remember what I told you before. Because if you read that text carefully, listen, this is, so, this is so powerful. I won't go back. Hereafter, I will not talk with you much for the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing on me. Do you see that? All right. This is 11 men who are about to watch Jesus get treated as if Jesus was the worst sinner in the universe. Jesus just said, the devil is coming. He's going to be doing a bunch of talking, propaganda everywhere, on all of your news outlets. Propaganda everywhere. And that propaganda is going to reduce Jesus down to an insignificant voice in the world. And that propaganda is going to have the world tearing Jesus' garments apart all over again like they did at his trial. And that propaganda is going to have a vast majority of the world, including church folk, wondering whether or not Jesus is really the holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, spotless, unblemished Lamb of God. Now, these Christians won't say it with their lips but they're going to show it in their life because they're going to actually make greater allegiance to the world than to the man who was able to redeem their souls from all iniquity. Jesus said to these 11 men who will be the foundation of the New Testament church, the door into glory. Now what you're going to see, fellas, is going to be exactly the opposite of what it is. They're going to make me a malefactor, a criminal, a vile object of scorn and ridicule. They're going to shred my body. They're going to hang me on a cross with a bunch of other criminals. And the message to the whole world is that I'm a a, a ringleader of a sect. And Jesus says, not true. The devil won't find one temptation in me. You're getting ready to watch the devil come at me for the last time and unfurl all of hell against me. You're getting ready to watch it. Y'all heard this over the four weeks of our incarnation teaching. They examined him over and over and over again. He's a man, is he not? So he was tempted. You and I would have never passed that test. The devil would have found all kind of stuff in me. We'd have been able to have a yard sale for all of the stuff he'd have found in me. We're going to have a six-month yard sale for all of the wickedness and the evil you find in Pastor Jesse. Because Pastor Jesse got a bunch. He ain't going to even waste his time putting me on a cross because ain't nobody going to come. But this man was examined from head to foot 
foot to head, tested by the devil himself. And the devil couldn't find one thing to legitimately accuse him of sin. And God took the high court of the Roman Pilate and said, we found no fault in him. This is the one those 11 men along with Paul has been preaching for 2,000 years. And how can we have a God that loves us like that and we go around acting like we find fault in him? Amen. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.